Welcome to Get Paid for Your Pad, the definitive show on Airbnb hosting, featuring the best advice on how to maximize profits from your Airbnb listing, as well as real-life experiences from Airbnb hosts all over the world. Welcome. Get paid for your pad. 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 This episode is brought to you by Hostfully, a company that helps you make beautiful guidebooks for your listing. Make your own at hostfully.com slash pad. And as a special for Get Paid For Your Pad listeners, you'll get a free guidebook consultation after you make your guidebook. Welcome to Get Paid For Your Pad. Today I have a guest on the show who's invested in multiple properties in Eastern Europe along the so-called tourist trail. He's also the author of a book called At Airbnb coach, and he helps Airbnb hosts to improve their listing performance. So welcome to the show, Mark Krupa. Thanks, Jasper. It's nice to talk to you. Are you in Eastern Europe right now? Yeah, I am in the Czech Republic, but I'm from the USA, Illinois. Right. Awesome. And uh, you you own multiple properties along the tourist trail. What What's the tourist trail in Eastern Europe? Well, I've lived here a long time, and I just noticed where people are going to visit because um, I wanted to get involved in some investing, and I saw that the numbers are usually higher for short-term rentals. And um, so I just noticed how many people are coming to Prague. It's unbelievable. And how many people are coming to the second biggest location, Chesky Krumlov, and also how many people are going to the Alps and uh, I just thought, hey, that might be a good place to to invest and then rent out short term. How did you find the the number of visitors? Did you look at the tourist stats and websites of of uh, tourist bureaus, or? Yeah, part of it was just kind of being here and knowing where everybody's going. Part of it was visiting those places, and gosh, even in mid February, how many people are coming to Prague? And how many people are coming to even small towns? And so, yeah, I looked up to see the top destinations, but then I also just kind of visited those places myself. Right. And what's what was the first place that you invested in? It was in a place near Hallstatt, Austria, which is uh, kind of a famous UNESCO visiting um, place. It's like a wooden village right on the water. And nearby is a place called Badau Sea, and it's the geographical center of Austria and where they're wearing lederhosen and it, there's lakes all around and mountains, really an amazing place. And uh, back in 2009, they were just pretty much during the recession giving apartments away for just so cheap. I couldn't believe it. And then they allowed Americans to buy in Austria uh, just shortly before that. So I really looked into it and pulled the trigger. And why did you choose Europe as a as a place to invest? Why why not the U.S.? Probably because I live here and um, they allowed you to invest in here. Uh, they also have really low down payments and really low mortgage rates because all of my purchases are with a mortgage. But I also am invested in the U.S., but into single family homes 
And I did all that from here in Europe. The two homes I own uh, in the U.S. I've never been to, will never manage directly. And those are doing really well, too. That's interesting. So you've purchased two properties that you've never even seen. Yeah. That's interesting. I've never thought about that. You know, for some reason, I, I want to see something before I buy it. Yeah. It, you know, for me, it was the numbers and it's kind of a new industry. It's it's the turnkey single family home rental business. And it, it's really a change in mentalities. People used to think invest within an hour of where you live. I, I say, hey, invest where the, where the numbers are best. And um, for me, you know, there's certain parts of the U.S. where the home prices are low, the rents are high, and they have real long-term management that you can trust that they've been around for 10 years. So far, so good. I'm three years into it. All I did is go to the U.S. Embassy here in Europe to sign the papers and send the money. And that's kind of a neat way in, to invest, but you don't get to visit those places. Um, then again, I don't want to be visiting other cooler places than than that. Right. And how many properties do you own currently in total? Uh, six. Four in Europe and two in Texas. Awesome. So let's talk let's focus on the ones in uh, in Europe for this for this episode. So you're saying you have one in Austria and you have one in Czech? I have uh, three in Czech and one in Austria. Okay. Awesome. And are these, so the the one in Austria, is that is that in a skiing resort? Yeah. And it's a four season destination. Uh, they're skiing all around and um, people always ask about that. I'm surprised how many people come every month of the year. Sometimes November is the low month, but then two Novembers ago, somebody stayed for there for the whole month, some digital nomad. Um, you know, first question was, how strong is the Internet? And I have strong Internet. And she worked there all month. But people go there for skiing. People go there for in the spring, definitely in the summer, in the fall, too. It's an amazing place. That's awesome. Did you get a mortgage in Czech? Because you were living in Czech, right? Right. Mm -hmm. So did you get the mortgage in Czech to invest in Austria or did you have to get the mortgage in Austria? Uh, in Austria. And this was back in 2009. I don't know if they changed any laws or anything, but you know, I don't know German. I, I walked, <laughs> I, I saw those ads and I tried to make sense of them for about $35,000. You could buy a, an apartment and you could rent it out and you could get a mortgage. So I marched into the real estate. Do you speak English? And they said, yeah. And I said, uh, I'm American. Can I buy here? They said, yes. Can I buy a mortgage? And they said, yes, all these things surprised me. Um, they asked me how much money I made. I probably gave them some type of pay stub, but I don't remember exactly. But in Austria, it costs like 11%, 12% in addition to the, the price. So it's kind of expensive to buy the place. But the realtor is also the bank. So I think there's some type of like they could, they could re, you know, I, I fully own it, but I think they could easily, if I stopped making payments, they could reacquire it. But you know, seven years into it, it's been a lot of fun. That's the rental that I get to visit, and I go there every two or three months. Do you go skiing there? I do. Go snowboarding, go off trail. Nearby is the longest ski run in uh, Austria. Awesome. Well, next time you go skiing, let me know. Uh, I'm a big ski enthusiast, so hey, come on I, down. I might, I might hop over and join you. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Um, in terms of performance. 
Is the Austrian one the one that's been performing the best? It is, yeah. It makes about 900 euros a month, and the expenses are only 350 euros a month, including mortgage, electricity, everything. And that's about three times more than I could make long-term if it was a long-term rental. So that one's doing really well. So you're saying it's, it makes about 550 euros a month. So times 12, that would be about 6,500 to 7,000 a year. Yeah. Which yeah. On, the, on the purchase price of, you said 35,000, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. So that's, uh, that's great. That is, if I'm correct, about 20%. Yeah, yeah, and um, the the tax situation is great too. I report the taxes, and then you know, with the mortgage, with the depreciation, you don't um, end up paying too much much taxes. That's why I don't pay it off, pay off the mortgage right away. Yep, yeah, that definitely makes sense. And you know, if you're not paying too much uh, for the mortgage, if the interest rate's quite low, then it's a great way to leverage. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Um, what about the other properties in uh, in Czech? Yeah, they they also uh, make a few hundred dollars more than the expenses, and um, they were all purchased. All three were purchased for Airbnb, and then I got a letter from one of them, the one in Chesky Krumlov. Uh, that one was doing very well, especially because it was such a low purchase price. It was up by the train station, and just got probably about got about four hundred dollars a month for that, and um, purchased it also for about thirty five thousand in U.S. dollars. And but I got a letter from the city, and they said we need to see your business license. And so I asked the I asked a lawyer, and they said um, there's no law determining what's short term and what's long term here in Czech yet, but there probably will be. So I ended up listing it taking it off Airbnb and listing it really high for a long term. And right now there's a Danish couple in there and I'm actually making about a hundred dollars more long term, surprisingly, um, for that short term rental. Right. And that's quite rare. Yeah. Short term rates are higher. Um, I just, I just realized by the way, when we did the calculation on uh, your Austrian property, since you have a mortgage, how much did you actually invest? Yeah. I only put down 20%. It was 32,000 euros to purchase it. And I they asked me to put down like 19, 20%. So you only put down about 7,000 euros. Yeah. And then you're making 7,000. <laughs> yeah. That's the magic of, of real estate. That's pretty, that's pretty epic. Yeah. That's pretty epic with, uh, with the leverage. I mean, even without leverage, if you, if you were to buy it cash, 35K and then... You know, you're making, I thought you said uh, about 900, let's say, you know, I don't know, maybe 100 euros, 200 euros cost. You're still, uh, you know, you're still making like over 20%, even when mm-hmm. you, when, when it's a cash deal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, my, my goal was to, to, if you've ever played that game, cash flow um, online, uh, it, the goal of that game, it's like Monopoly, is to get out of the rat race where you're making this passive income. And then, um, my original goal was to just travel around and live in the different apartments. And when they get booked, just move to the next one. Now, I can't do that so much um, because those are long term, but I can stay in other places with that money. Um, I do life coaching, too, so I can, you know, travel and work. And But so far, so good. 
That's awesome. I'm just looking at the at cash flow. It sounds like a fun game, but I've I've actually never heard of it before. You know, you'll learn more from that game than man, just about any seminar or book. I mean, those are all good, but that's kind of like a real life, but it's a game and um and you just invest in certain things and the goal is to um, make as much in passive income as you do active so you're not trading hours for money it's the only video game i play <laughs> that's awesome well i'm i'm going to start playing that the moment i hang up the phone <laughs> it looks amazing yeah awesome man Host, I can't emphasize how important it is to share recommendations of things to do or eat near your listing beforehand. Your guests won't have to go through TripAdvisor, Foursquare or Yelp. They won't have to scratch their head and think about possible places right in the moment. I've been using Hostfully to create an online and printable guidebook to show my guests my favorite coffee places in Amsterdam. They use my recommendations and I'm getting fewer questions from my guests as a result. I've also included screenshots of my guidebook on my Airbnb listing as a way to differentiate my listing from others. So make your own guidebook at hostfully.com slash pad. So can you tell us a little bit about the about the laws in, in Czech? I mean, obviously in Austria, there's there's no uh, regulation against uh, short-term rentals because those, I mean, those ski resorts, you know, pretty much everything is short-term rental, right? Right. Yeah. In Austria, for sure, uh, short-term rentals, I have no doubt that they'll be always, it's a short-term rental area. And so um, I don't know if they'll ever start changing the tax structure because I, I two things unique about Austria are I have to um, make sure that the, since I live about seven hours away, they have to fill out their own tourist tax form and turn it into the tourist information. And people almost always do that. And then later I get a bill, you know, pay a euro and a half per night per tax for tax. And then also I probably only when I know that they have to leave a cash cleaning fee. And I make it really clear on my Airbnb listing that they have to leave the cash 35 euros. It's not cheap on the table when they leave. And they almost always remember that if they don't I go on Airbnb for resolution center, everybody's really nice and they send it if they happen to forget it. But um, that's, That way, the the cleaning lady who lives next door, I don't know of any other way to pay her. And so that works. But Austria is fine. And then in the Czech Republic right now, apparently you need a business license uh, to do because they're considering it a business. But more than 30 days, they consider it an investment. That's why my three in Czech are now just investments, um, long-term rentals, because I don't have that business license. And then apparently you also have to give the foreign police, whoever's staying in your place, you're supposed to turn over their information to the foreign police. Those are the two laws that I know. And then just, you know, report your income at the, in the end of the tax year. And that's where we're at right now. But hey, I've lived here so long and visa laws change, short term, everything changes. The law changes every year. So <laughs> you got to stay on top of it. Right. Do you think of uh, some other interesting places to invest in in Eastern Europe or Europe in general? Yeah. You know, I looked into it. I looked into Vienna because a lot of people visit Vienna. They have a brand new train station. And I, I really looked into buying there. But uh, in came the those super cheap, very high functioning, clean hotels that they built. So the competition is really tight. 
And I also tried to rent in my place. I live close to where Poland and Slovakia and Czech meet. And I just rented out my own place. So when I'm away, maybe somebody will stay. I'll make some money, but no takers at all. So you have to be in a good location. Sometimes Budapest, I heard that apartments in Budapest, Hungary are really inexpensive, but um, you know, you'd have to definitely set up a management situation and that, that one intrigued me, but I haven't really looked into it that much because I don't think I could leverage it with a mortgage. And the other places, gosh, they're just so expensive. The capital cities are, yeah, the, the price that you purchase per what you get, it's, it's difficult. So in short, I don't know. I'm glad I bought a few years ago because European prices are high now. You have a good time to sell, Jasper. <laughs> good luck with your sale. I've been following your blog and your videos. Yeah, yeah, definitely. It's a, it's not a bad time to sell at all, um, which is great. One more question about your Austrian unit: Do you, how do you manage it? Like, who does the check-ins, or do you have a remote, uh, remote lock, or, or some sort of smart yeah. lock solution? Yeah, I have a relitter lockbox, and it's a, it's a little village. So it's the apartments on um, the first floor, and it's just a one room. All of my Investments are studio, small, cheap apartments. You get into bigger apartments, it's harder to find takers, and you know it's way more expensive. And the building costs cost more, but um, people are able to get into the building. They don't lock the front door of this apartment building, which is rare in Europe. But and then right drilled into the door, I, I hung a relitter lockbox where the key is just in there. They just have to punch in the four numbers, open the box. It's non-electric and then open the door and the rest of the keys are hanging inside. And then the cleaning lady, she lives next door, but first is the lockbox option. Second is I, I let them know where there's a hidden key. Um, and then third, they would call the cleaning lady, ring her doorbell, which they don't have to do that much. I don't, I try to be real nice to her. She's really nice, does a great job, gets five stars, always dependable. So that's how we get the check-in. How did you find her? Great question. Um, I stayed in the apartment right above the one I bought before I bought it just to see if the building's okay, if there's no like noises, if there's no mold. And also I figured out how they do the cleaning and, um, and they weren't listed on Airbnb. They were just listed locally. And so I just asked her if she would do the cleaning for mine when I bought it. And so she did a good job for like five years and then she just all of a sudden quit. And then I said, do you know anybody who could, um, and I had Craigslist and I put some on the listings on the supermarket, couldn't find anybody, um, actually found one, another neighbor, but they cleaned once and didn't do a good job. So I cannot hire them again. So I went back to the first cleaning lady. I said, I'll give you a hundred euros if you can provide me with another cleaner. And she did. And this cleaner has been great for like two years, two, three years now. What would be your tips to somebody who's looking to invest in in Europe? Yeah, I'm a big like like we said leverage guy. So um, I would I would see if you can get a mortgage. But if you have the money, you could possibly look into these new things. Where like sometimes you can buy whole units that are like more like cabins, but they cost a few hundred thousand crowns. But they'll manage it for you, and you can stay there. And I don't know the numbers on that. Something makes me think you don't get a great return, but at least you, it's professionally managed and taken care of. And um, I just, I just think get educated, look around. Don't, you know, 
the goal is to make more per month than you would spend. And if it's important for you to stay there too, then then that's neat when you have a free vacation money, it makes you money. But yeah, the cleaning lady is super, super important. That's my recommendation. And then just, you know, be a great host by communicating, re- reacting and welcoming people. But I personally am an investor that doesn't want to be hands-on. I've only met two of my guests ever, and they really are pleased. But I, I don't want to be the investor that gets the calls in the middle of the night, fix the toilet or anything for long-term or short-term. That's why I do apartments and in America, homes, but it's fully managed. Right. But you do, the Austrian unit, you do the messaging on Airbnb yourself, right? Yeah, I do. I do. Okay. Mm-hmm. What if you get uh, people from, from Germany? Do you speak German? I don't. Um, just check and English. So I have it listed only in English. And um, if people start writing me in German, I write back in English. And they always figure a way to just write back in English. And language has never really been a barrier. Awesome. Let's talk about your book and your coaching business, because you do help other people with Airbnb as well, right? Right. right. I wrote the book a while ago and helped people through that. And then I'm get, just getting started with the um, helping people. And it's a unique way. I, I combine my coaching practice with um, some experience in Airbnb. I don't have all the answers for them, but I have certain skills and asking the right questions where they could find the answers and the way forward. And I do that through a, a app called Boxer, where it's kind of like a texting app, but for voice. And that way, the there's no time change, time zone difference, where they, they could ask me a question, um, and then I get their voice message. And then when I have time to react to that, I, I give them answers and more questions, maybe some experiences. And then, then they ask, they respond to that. And the clients pay per hour of speaking, which could last over many months. So it's kind of a unique way to do coaching. And it's called Voxer. And the app automatically tracks like how, man, how much time you spend on it? Yeah, yeah, uh, it, it does. And I, I'm not really strict about that. I just basically really enjoy Airbnb and want to help people. But um, yeah, it's a non-real-time voice messenger app. V, as in Victor, V-O-X-E-R. Is it similar to WhatsApp? Does WhatsApp allow you to record voice messages and then send them? Yeah. Yeah, okay, then yeah. Yeah, it's similar. Interesting. And it's voice-to-text transcription, it says. No. Well, maybe it can do that, but it basically is... As you know, as we're talking now, there's no delay in our answers. Um, the Voxer app, you just hold the button, you speak into your, and then it sends the voice message to whoever you're talking with. And when they have time, they do the same and send you a voice. So I'm happy to help people with text too, but it's fun to just kind of voice back and forth. Yeah, what's what's great about these type of apps? I imagine that this is similar to WhatsApp, where you put in a number, and then if you change the SIM card, you're, you're, you have the choice to keep your old number so that you mm-hmm. know when you travel around and use different types of SIM cards, you can always communicate with people you know, using the same number. So if you change your phone number, you, then people don't have to change the number in, in their contact details because you can just use, still use the old number. Right. Mm-hmm. Awesome. 
All right, Mark. Well, thanks a lot for taking the time to come on the show. It's been mm-hmm. very uh, interesting, and uh, you know, I may take you up on your uh, your ski offer uh, at some point. <laughs> I've been skiing in Austria a lot uh, in my in my life, and quite enjoy the Austrian culture and uh, you know the food and everything. So, yeah, yeah, definitely come down. It's the the Selzkammergut area, which is not the. Uh, it's just so beautiful with the lakes and mountains everywhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Australia is a beautiful country in general. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. awesome. All right. Well, thanks a lot again. And uh, all the listeners, thanks for listening. And of course, you can find the show notes at getpaidforyourpad.com slash podcast, where you can find all the links of all the stuff that we talked about, as well as uh, Mark's book and the Foxer app and all the other good stuff. So thanks for listening and we'll see you next time. Get paid for your pet. Get paid for your pet. Get paid for your pet. Get paid for your pet.